Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. So blessed to have such beautiful music. Indeed. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning 
to the Gospel of Matthew, uh, chapter 12. Matthew, chapter 12. And today, I believe that we'll uh, have an answer for the question that oftentimes so many people will ask uh, Christians regarding the Sabbath. Because, you know, the, uh, the Sabbath, one of the commandments, Ten Commandments, was given to the Jewish people. And the Sabbath, the biblical Sabbath, begins at sundown on Friday night and extends through Saturday until sundown on Saturday. And uh, even in the Latin and the Spanish language, Saturday is referred to as Sabado or Sabato in, in, in Italian, Latin. And oftentimes, uh, people would say, well, Sunday is the, is the, is the Sabbath. No, the biblical Sabbath is from the going down of the sun on Friday night to the going down of the sun on Saturday night. All right? But the Bible also teaches that there are many Sabbaths. But there are some who say, well, why don't you keep the Sabbath? And there are even some quasi-Christian religions that say, you can't be a follower of the Lord if you're not keeping the Sabbath. You're violating the Sabbath, which is not correct. And you'll discover why as we, as we read through this, this passage here and as we study it this morning. So Matthew chapter 12, beginning at verse 1. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath. And his disciples were hungry and began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. But he said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry? He and those who were with him, how he entered the house of God and ate the showbread which was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priests? Or have you not read in the law that on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Did I say to you that in this place there is one greater than the temple? But if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Now when he had departed from there, he went into the synagogue, or into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man who had a withered hand. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him? Then he said to them, What man is there among you who has one sheep? And if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will not lay hold of it and lift it out? Of how much more value then is a man than a sheep? Therefore, it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored as whole as the other. Then the Pharisees went out and plotted against him how they might destroy him. Let's pray. Our Father, we come to you 
again in the name of the Lord Jesus and as we study your word we pray that you will speak to our hearts and teach us by your Holy Spirit to the honor and to the glory of the Lord Jesus teach us O Lord that we might honor you and teach others and that we might live lives lives that exemplify your true nature to love to forgive to show compassion and mercy point the way to you speak to us now Lord we ask in Jesus name And so what do we have here? We have Jesus and his disciples. They've been out. And uh, the Bible teaches Jesus was a very hard worker. He was not lazy. He was not at home, you know, with his hand out. As a matter of fact, he said of himself, I have not come to be served, but to serve. And so the disciples are with him, and they're traveling from town to town. They're ministering, and they're with him all day. Well, they're hungry. And as they're walking through these grain fields, they begin to, you know, pull off some grain, ears of grain, and, and uh, they begin to eat. Well... Isn't it amazing? There's always someone watching. <laughs> if you haven't learned that yet, <laughs> there is always someone watching. Now, we know that God right, watches over all of us. But he watches over us from a different perspective. He watches over us because he loves us. And he wants the best for us. Like a loving mother tends to her little baby, her child. But there are always others who are watching so that they can point that long, bony finger, right? <laughs> that finger of accusation. <laughs> Your disciples. <laughs> you know that the Pharisees had determined some 39 different prohibitions for the Sabbath day. In addition to what the Bible had already provided 39 specific other prohibitions. They refer to it as the Oral Torah. They had both the Written Torah and the Oral Torah, or the Oral Law. Now these are those burdens that they put upon the people that made it so difficult for them to enjoy life. And the disciples here had violated at least two, if not three. To pluck was to harvest or to reap, which was forbidden on the Sabbath. And then to rub, you see the, the ears of grain, was threshing. It's a form of threshing. And then if they blow away the chaff, you see the outer shell for the grain, and that's winnowing. And all three of those are forbidden on the Sabbath. Except that 
or B, they say, they're doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. It's an incorrect interpretation. So just so that you know, turn with me to Deuteronomy. It's a book of the law. Deuteronomy chapter 23. And who is the writer of the book of Deuteronomy? Moses. Moses, who was given the law by God. All right? So chapter 23 and verses 24 and 25, notice what it says. <clears throat> when you come into your neighbor's vineyard, you may eat your fill of grapes at your pleasure, but you shall not put any in your container. When you come into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck the heads with your hand, but you shall not use a sickle on your neighbor's standing grain. Do you notice that? Because in ancient times, if you were out traveling on whatever day it was, and you didn't have any food, your need to eat was greater than the ownership of someone's field. However, you cross the line when you then take more than you actually need to eat at that one meal. And so you were not to fill your bag or to fill your purse. And you were not to use a sickle because then you were actually reaping and harvesting. See? So what the disciples were doing, and we'll turn back to Matthew, was not against the law. They had not broken the law. But the Pharisees were misapplying and misinterpreting the law, like many people today who misinterpret and misapply the scripture. And they point that long, bony finger of accusation. And Jesus goes on. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't leave it there. He says, have you not read? And he tells the story about David. Now, David had been anointed as king, but, but Saul was still king. You'll recall Saul was the first king. And Saul was jealous of David. And the blessing of the Lord was upon David's life. And oftentimes you'll find that, that those who have the blessing of the Lord upon their lives, other people strongly dislike them. That was the case with David. And so he was fleeing, he and his, and his men. And they, they, they came to the house of the Lord one day, and they were hungry. They had no food or anything to drink, and they were worn out. And they came to the priest. Well, in that period of time, in the house of the Lord, on the, the table of the presence, there was, were placed loaves of bread. They were placed on the Sabbath day, and they would remain on that table for seven days and then be replaced the following Sabbath. The, the bread that then was removed from the table was given to the priests to eat. And on this particular occasion, that bread was given to David and to his men because their need, their hunger, superseded the ritual. And this is what Jesus is teaching. 
but also, and I have the passages there for you, Number and Exodus, etc., and Leviticus, the priests worked. So work continued seven days a week in the temple. And when Jesus says, the priests profane the Sabbath, what he was referring to is they actually are engaged in work. They had to do physical work in the temple on the Sabbath day with the sacrifices and everything else that they were supposed to do. But, you see, they were exempt from the requirement in that case. Why? Because they were doing service unto the Lord that needed to be done seven days a week. But then he goes on to share something else. Because the Pharisees know, or they knew, that the priests were exempt. It's called the, the, the exception of priority. Their responsibility. And Jesus makes this statement. Let's go to the next point there. One greater than the temple is here. You see, the temple was the, was the, the center of Israelite or Jewish religion. The presence of the Lord in the Holy of Holies. The Ark of the Covenant. And here Jesus dares to say that he is greater than the temple. Because he is. As a matter of fact, and uh, I'm getting ahead of myself here, but I want you to turn to, uh, to the book of uh, Revelation. And uh, turn to the book of Revelation, if you will. I thought I wrote that down. <clears throat> Chapter 21 and verse 22. And this is the description of the new Jerusalem. Eternity for God's people. And under the inspiration of God the Holy Spirit, John the Apostle writes... But I saw no temple in it, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city had no need of the sun or of the moon to shine in it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. And the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light, and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it. Let's turn back to Matthew. What is Jesus saying? He's telling them that the kingdom of God has come. It is present in him because he is its Lord. And just as the temple and the service, the ministry is subservient, so all of creation is subservient to him for he is the Messiah. There is no other Messiah. There is no other Savior. Jesus is the Savior. He is the Lord. Then he goes on and he says, but if you had known knowledge, heart, heart versus ritual, 
Don't be the kind of Christian who is into the ritual. You find a tremendous amount of ritual in many of what we refer to as our high, high denominations. A high denomination is like the Catholic Church. Now the Catholic Church holds to the five foundational Christian truths. And it is Christian. But they have brought in so many other man-made traditions that people are confused and become confused by them. And they actually trust in tradition instead of trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is greater than the temple because he is himself our temple. Just as the scripture says that our bodies are the temple of God the Holy Spirit who lives and dwells within us. But he says, if you had known, Christians are to be knowledgeable of the scripture. There is no excuse, no reasonable or acceptable excuse for a Christian to not be knowledgeable of God's word. You ought to know God's word as well as you know the delicious taste of meatloaf when you're Because God's word, God's word is food for the soul. It is food for your spirit, for your mind, and for your heart. And you ought to eat from it regularly. Regularly. You ought to know what it contains. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. Now, the Lord did command for sacrifices to be made. But what is Jesus saying? He's saying he is interested in the heart. All of your giving and all of your service, if it's not from a heart of love and gratitude for God, it is nothing. It must be from a heart that is in love with the Savior. Love, 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 love. He says, if you had known, I desire. And that word desire is oftentimes translated as will. It is God's will. It also means wish. His desire is wish. His will for us is to love him. Because if he has our heart, then he has all of us. He says, you would not have condemned the guiltless. The merciful application of the law. Why is it that we're so quick to condemn? And you see it every day in our country, do you not? I tell you, those 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 news broadcasters on these on the in the media. If they don't know the Lord as their Savior, oh my goodness. <clears throat> they murder people's <clears throat> reputation. Excuse me. <coughs> the, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. And he says, you would not have condemned the guiltless. Hardened, hateful hearts create spiritually blind people. Let me read that again. Hardened, Hateful hearts create 
spiritually blind people. I was visiting one of my cousins and he he was telling me how much he hated certain people. And then he said, and I hate Republicans. I said, uh, and he had just told me before that how that he had gone forward at a Billy Graham crusade. <laughs> so I said, uh, I said, Eddie, did you know that Billy Graham was a Republican? <laughs> and I know he listens to Charles Stanley. I said, and did you know that Charles Stanley is a Republican too? He said, what? what? <laughs> now whatever your persuasion is if you're a Christian the only thing you're to hate is sin and if in your heart you hold hate toward anyone guess what you need to read the first epistle of John because it says how can you say you love God and yet, yet hate your brother? Your brother whom you've seen. And you say you love God, yet you haven't seen him. You're not to hate anyone. And if you do, you need to repent. You need to repent. You see, Jesus says, we're not to condemn because we do not have the right nor the authority to condemn. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He has divine authority. He is the Messiah. And He is our Sabbath rest. You see, Jesus, in the 11th chapter, talked about the yoke. Come unto me, all ye, right, who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And the Bible tells us in the, in the book of Genesis that on the seventh day God rested from all of his labors. <clears throat> Jesus said, come, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. Yes, and you'll find rest unto your souls. Take my, my yoke, my burden upon you. Why? Because it's, it's easy and it's light. I'll give you rest. Jesus is our eternal rest. Jesus embodies the Sabbath. We are blessed to enjoy. The Christian has a Sabbath every day. Not one day, but every day. Because we rejoice and we rest in the sweet arms of Jesus. And if you looked into the book of Acts, you would see that when the church began to spread and, and began to, to reach the Gentiles, the Jewish Christians were wondering, well, what, what kind of burdens are we going to put on them, or, or what kind of requirements? You know that the Sabbath was not one of them. But rather, they also understood that our lives are at rest in the Lord. That it was no longer 
do this, but don't do this, and do this, and don't do this, because if you if you don't do this, you're not going to go to heaven, and if you do this, you're going to go to hell. And that's how some Christians still live their lives. The idea that, that you can lose your salvation. No. God is merciful. Now, as we bring this message to a close, our third point, Jesus heals a man on the Sabbath. So he goes into he goes into the into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and you see I didn't capitalize that one, so you'll forgive me. <laughs> but Jesus participates in corporate worship. It was it was his custom to be in the house of the Lord on the Lord's Sabbath, and so we refer to. Sunday as the, as the Christian Sabbath, if you will. But you see, for us, the Sabbath is Monday, and Tuesday, and Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday. Why? Because we rest in Jesus. He is our Sabbath rest. But he participates in corporate worship. Together, God's people are to be together. They say, well, you don't have to go to church to be saved. No. But the Bible does say, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, which is the custom of some. Those who don't really love the Lord. They love their time out in the wilderness. You know, they're going to worship God out in the mountains. <laughs> or down at the lake. While they're, you know, throwing a few back and flinging the, you know, the, the fishing pole right to line up into the, into the water. Yeah. Or while they're telling stories out on the, the you know, the, the golf course. Or while they're sitting there, you know, filling their belly while they're watching the football game. Or the baseball game. Or whatever. Right? They can't work in worship. Jesus was in worship consistently. But notice, they, they, they ask him this question. And why did they ask him the question? The intent was to catch him. Now here's the other thing. They knew what he would do. And they knew that he had the power to do it. That's what's so, so amazing about this. They knew he had the power to heal, and they knew that he would. And so then they thought they were going to trap him, right? Set the trap that they might accuse him. That's what their intent was. Do you know that they do that today? People do that today. And sadly, now when I was growing up and went to school, we learned about this thing called entrapment. Remember that? You learned about that, right? Right? That the police were not supposed to entrap you. And yet, it has come out that our our law enforcement and the FBI does that. Entraps people. That's dishonest. It's just absolutely wrong. How many children do you suppose could sit on the front row here and you dangle a piece of candy in front of them? How many do you suppose wouldn't try to, to reach out? How many? 
Well, the Lord answers the question as only he could. What does he do? He heals the man, doesn't he? He heals the man. And I wish we had time, but we, we don't have time. But over in the scripture, in the law, it actually made provision. If an animal fell into a pit or, or, or into some situation on the Sabbath, that you had the freedom to help or to rescue that, that animal. All right? Okay. <laughs> so Jesus says, how much more valuable is a human being? And then he says, it is right to do good on the Sabbath. And for Christians, it's right to do good every day. Because for us, every day is a Sabbath. Because every day is a day to worship the Lord. Every day is a day to love Him. Every day is a day to serve and to honor Him and to, to serve one another. Well, there are those today who, who place animals above people. And notice what they do. Instead of, uh, instead of this healing of this man inspiring faith in them, they get angry. They get angry, and what do they, they plot? They plot to destroy him, to kill him. And that goes on today. Well, what do we learn? There's always someone watching. Always someone watching our behavior. Now, you can serve as a great example, but be sure, if you have faults, they're going to let you know about them. Because there are many fault finders. We're called to be merciful people, compassionate, a compassionate application of God's word. We honor God through good works. Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. And then over in Ephesians chapter 2, it says, we have been created. We come to know Christ as Savior. God has created us for good works. We're not saved by good works but we demonstrate that we are saved by those good works. And then the Sabbath is a blessed gift of God to his people to enjoy. Jesus the Messiah is our blessed rest to enjoy every day. And every human being is important and valuable to God. God wants a relationship with you. We're going to sing this hymn of invitation. The invitation is God's invitation to you. Do you know the rest of God? Let, let's stand. Go ahead and stand. Do you know the peace of God? Do you know the joy of God? You can know Him. And you can know that joy and you can know that rest. As we see, you come to the Lord. You step out and walk down that aisle. Let's see. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word. And we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.